0: to Ironcast. This is episode number five. My name is Paul Hamilton. With me, as always, is my lovely wife and co-host, Nikki. Say hello. Hello. So this is episode five. We've been doing this for more than a month, officially.
1: Sticking with it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. You'll have to excuse me today if my, uh, my my speaking sounds weird or slurred or something. My tongue is kind of messed up. We just got back from a... <laughs> <laughs> a an impromptu cheapo date and we well we we ended it at Barnes and Noble. We had got some free magazine reading in and I ordered a hot tea and burned my tongue. But this was of course after we had gone to our new favorite um treat spot slash pregnancy craving solver uh blush. It's a frozen yogurt place that just opened up the street a little bit. And you're a big fan, aren't you?
1: Huge fan. I think <laughs> we will be there often in the next six weeks.
0: It's, we're actually not big frozen yogurt fans in the sense of like the TCBY kind of stuff, where it's like a an ice cream alternative kind of uh, concept. It, this is a little bit more embracing the official yogurtness of it all. <laughs> 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 uh, it's got that sort of heavy tang to plain yogurt. And so it's not really super sweet, but then they, it's kind of, if you want to make it sweet, you can put sweet toppings on it. it. seems to take really well to fruit. So today we had strawberries and crushed up graham crackers on it. So it was kind of a an alternative, I don't know, strawberry shortcake kind of situation, would you say?
1: Yeah, that's, it was good. We inhaled it.
0: Yeah, so we ate it way too fast and it kind of froze my tongue and then I turned right around and burned it. So if I'm slipping over my weirdly numb tongue, then you know why. So this week was the big shower that we've been preparing for for a couple of weeks finally did it on Sunday.
1: (laughs) Every time you talk about the shower, I just imagine people thinking, my goodness, they do not bathe very often. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like we have to really say it's a baby shower. We don't plan for weeks at a time. Today's the day we're going to get clean.
0: (laughs) I I figure I'm trying to use capital letters, the shower, and not (laughs) say... You finally got around to a shower (laughs) after several (laughs) weeks of planning.
1: Well, if you only shower every few weeks, I think it might be the shower.
0: You have a point there.
1: (laughs) Anyway, I'm sorry.
0: No, that's fine. This week was the baby shower. How's that?
1: That was good. Uh,
0: How do you think it went?
1: I think it went well. We had um, a little bit of a concern the day before because our air conditioning went out. And we held it at our house. (laughs) And I think we had the maintenance guy fixing our AC about an hour or two hours before the shower was
0: supposed to start. Yeah, something like that. Well, and and fixing is kind of a relative term because, you know, I mean, the day before we actually had the guy come and he just sort of looked at it and shrugged. He's like, I don't know. I'll have to have somebody who actually knows what he's doing with these AC units come in tomorrow. And and so he came in with his little infrared uh temperature reader and pointed out all the vents and was like, Oh yeah, there's cold air coming out of there But then they pulled like a a thick blanket of gunk out of the filter and said, We'll have to get a new one of these for sure. That may be part of your problem And I I, I guess it worked. I mean he he fiddled with the thing and it seemed like it was getting cooler and we kinda shrugged whatever it was, it was better.
1: It was better than it was the night before. But but there's a
0: lot of people here.
1: Yeah, that's the problem with our apartment is it's not huge. So if you pack too many people in here, it doesn't matter if the AC is working and we have it cranked down to like 68 degrees in here, it's still going to be warm.
0: Right. So how many people did end up making it?
1: I think that there was, um, including myself and my mom, my grandma, I think there was about 11 people here, plus two little kids.
0: Right. So, well, when I was even here. I was just in the back because I was supposed to be working.
1: With headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I blame you.
0: I tried to uh, cave it up a little bit back there.
1: It was very nice, though. So, um, we got a lot of lovely gifts for Callie, and we actually um, ended up with quite a few homemade gifts. We had my sister made her first ever blanket.
0: Yeah, it was really good. It's
1: really nice. It's beautiful. It's uh brown and pink, and then Jen
0: did made. She, did did your sister know that those were the colors of the the room before she did, or she just picked those out of thin air?
1: You know what? I didn't ask her. I should have asked her if she knew that or if she just put them together herself. It's possible that she found out from Carrie. Oh, okay. That that's what the colors were. Um, but I don't remember. Did we put it on our registry?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, maybe she found out from our stepmom then.
0: Hmm.
1: Or she's psychic. I don't know. <laughs> that's I'll have to ask her. <laughs> And then we got um, that really, really awesome shower cake or diaper cake from Jen, which if you've never heard... It's a terrible name, by the way. It (laughs) is, because I envisioned it being just a bunch of diapers when you hear diaper cake, but it's not. It was like, um, I mean, there's diapers in there. It's like a couple of layers, I guess. It it actually looks like a cake in the form of it. Mm -hmm. And then it's got... Um, diapers in there, and socks, and I believe blankets, receiving blankets. Um, there's a bunny at the very top of it, mm-hmm. and it was the first one that Jen has ever done, and it turned out so awesome.
0: Yeah, it was. It was really impressive looking. It's very cool.
1: We don't even want to take it apart. <laughs> like I don't, I don't even want to use the stuff that's in it, just because it looks so nice. It could just be decoration for her room.
0: Yeah, that's the problem with something that's really creatively <laughs> done like that, but it's supposed to be consumed. Is you know, it's like well, if if I take it apart, it kind of ruins the whole thing. It's like those uh, those fruit bouquets or whatever they have. Yeah. So you know, it's like well, wow, it looks really nice. I, maybe and maybe it's by the time that it something like that. At least it's uh, perishable. So by the time it starts looking kind of gross, it's like, oh, maybe I should have eaten it. If I don't eat it now, it'll start to decay or whatever. But, <laughs> I mean, this one could be nice for months or years. if you really Yeah. Left it. Of course, well, by Jen,
1: the- Jen pointed out that uh, the first four o'clock in the morning time that we need diapers, we're just going to...
0: Rip right Tear into, into that it. thing, yeah. No sense of <laughs> uh, sentiment or nostalgia. Yeah. Not nostalgia, but sentiment, whatsoever. We need a diaper, and I'm going to the store. Sorry, <laughs> gents. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool.
1: Yeah.
0: And then there was, there was more homemade stuff. I thought there was another blanket in there.
1: Well, we have a blanket um, from my mom that isn't quite finished. That's right. Um, And then Julia, who wasn't at the shower just because she's in Texas, (laughs) (laughs) um, sent us a quilt that she made this week, which is also pink. And so we have quite a few gifts for Callie at this point that are homemade. And your coworker's mom, who we have never even met. Yeah. Made her a beautiful sweater.
0: Kind of like a little hoodie got a it's a little sweater with the hood. It's it's for when she's a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um but I think that's probably good cuz she's got plenty of stuff for when she's brand new. Maybe she'll even be able to get a little bit more use out of them. I don't I guess they just they just grow. There's just like a rate of growth, right? They don't I don't know if they really go through variances <laughs> of that like fits and starts <laughs> or something. I don't know.
1: No. I'm sorry. I just thought it was funny that you just like, they just grow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Forever. <laughs> no, I mean, they don't, I don't, what I'm trying to say is it's not like that they grow a little bit and then stop and then stay that, that size. I'm just reminding no. myself that they continue to grow no matter what.
1: I think the growth spurts thing happens when they're a little
0: older. I guess you're right.
1: You know, when kids suddenly like shoot up a few
0: feet. <laughs> True. Well, plus I guess the, the 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 other reason why it's good that it's for when she's a little bit bigger is because it is a a nice sweater. So she probably wouldn't want to wear that in August or early September no. in California. That probably wouldn't be too useful. So, but it's beautiful and it's I, it's just the sweetest thing I've ever heard of somebody making, going to all the trouble to make a a nice gift for somebody somebody's kid and they haven't even met the people. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was very cool. Do you guys play any, I don't know, games? I don't know. I'm i not really sure what happens in the shower.
1: We did play a couple of games. Um, I was very adamant that when my mom was planning games, that there would be no games where we guessed my weight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so or why we did guessed... I have to clean the scale?
1: Oh, because that was a game that she had that through no fault of hers, just through our faulty scale that I tried to warn her about. Um, it was whoever had the heaviest purse won the game
0: oh you're wearing purses I we're weighing
1: purses but the problem is is most of the purses didn't even register <laughs> so i think we needed more like a food scale or something a kitchen scale anything besides our scale is kind of off anyway yeah. so I, I can't remember i think i want to say brandy won that one but i'm not positive
0: It was just whoever had the heaviest purse.
1: Yeah, and somebody clocked in over five pounds, I think. Wow. And everybody was like, well, you're the winner of the game, but your back's not a winner. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. We actually played two purse games because the other game that we played, my mom had a list of different things that might be in your purse. And... Oh, no, Brandy won that one. I'm sorry. She had three of the items that were on the list and everybody else had like one.
0: What were the items? Like a gun or?
1: (laughs) Are you saying Brandy carries a gun? No, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying how many, how many were listed? I can't believe that only the winner was three items from some list.
1: I know. Well, the thing is, I don't know how old this game was because some of the things on the list I've I don't know who would if carry that heard stuff.
0: of <laughs> an abacus. <you> know?
1: <laughs> so, uh, I, well, like some of the things on the list were um, lipstick, not lip gloss, but lipstick.
0: Oh, and that's like out of vogue now or something? Kind of, yeah.
1: A lot of people, do. and a lot of people would like, my mom would name something and they'd be like, oh, I just took it out of my purse or mm. not in this purse. And it makes me wonder how many purses people
0: have with half stuff in it floating around. <laughs> Of different kits or whatever.
1: I don't know. And now I'm questioning if Brandy even won that one. I don't even remember who won each game. I know Brandy won something. I know Jen won something. Because Jen was very excited because she's never won anything at a shower before. Oh, okay. So that was neat. So I don't... We played those two games and then...
0: There was a lot of (sighs) pink food left over. I I know that.
1: And can I just comment on the fact that nothing... We've never had an event where so much stuff got spilled and there was no alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) There was pink punch on our carpet everywhere, on our couch. I mean, it came out. I didn't care at the time. I don't care now. I just found it amusing that it was punch. It was non-alcoholic punch and people couldn't keep it together. (laughs) And then my mom made a red velvet cake and somehow the cake got like smushed into the carpet.
0: Oh, I'm very familiar with that one.
1: So, there was a bit of red stuff everywhere.
0: Yeah, maybe that's the problem with pink, is it's not exactly a blend into a brown carpet kind of color.
1: Makes you wonder what she would have done if we were having a boy. Like, what kind of crazy food we would have gotten. (laughs) I would have actually eaten blue food.
0: A lot of blueberry something or other.
1: Yeah.
0: This sounds like you had a good time, though.
1: I did. I had a really nice time and it was very nice to see a lot of friends I hadn't seen in a while. And it was an interesting mix of people because it was some of my oldest friends and some new friends. And I even had a friend that I hadn't seen since high school. Wow. Well, I mean, I'd I'd met up with her a couple of times before the shower. This wasn't like the first time I saw her, but.
0: Right. But like a reconnection kind of situation. That was cool.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: So, what else is up in the world of Calliope? She's Shh. go ahead.
1: Uh, I was just gonna say she's uh had the hiccups quite often lately.
0: <laughs> is it so? Is it more annoying for you to have the hiccups or for her to have the hiccups?
1: It's kind of close. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like the first time, it was kind of cute, you know, and.
0: Oh, she's got the hiccups, isn't it? Yeah.
1: I always love feeling her move, but it's different feeling her move and feeling her, like, one part of my stomach just
0: vibrate (laughs) every couple of seconds.
1: And then even though I know that you keep telling me it's not the same for babies to have hiccups as it is for adults to have the hiccups, I still feel bad for her every time she has them. (laughs) Like this poor kid. (laughs) If I yell at my stomach, will it scare her and she'll stop or... I don't if I hold my breath <laughs>
0: that doesn't help
1: <laughs> if I like maybe stand on my head so she's upside down for a second <laughs> I don't know how to help her and I feel bad because a lot of times it's right after I eat so then I feel like oh my gosh did I eat too fast <laughs> and you're this little kid goes, what's going on
0: <laughs> well at least I don't I mean, it's not like she's in there, you know, trying to hold her breath or <laughs> drinking from the far side of a glass or anything. So, like, I'm pretty sure it's just a reflex thing. I, and I'd, I'd tell you to ask your uh, obstetrician, but she doesn't really seem she, to know much of anything.
1: She doesn't know anything. Oh, my gosh. No, that's not true. She's She knows stuff, but... I think it's her entire attitude about everything is completely unconcerned about stuff. Like, I could go in and be like, doctor, I'm bleeding from my ear constantly, and I'm a little concerned about the baby. And she'd be like, eh, you're not fainting or anything, right? You're fine.
0: (laughs) You have some cotton. Yeah. Shove it in there. You'll be fine. Antibiotic prescription? We did have an appointment this week, though.
1: Our, our usual two-week appointment, because we're on every two weeks now.
0: When did they move up to weekly?
1: At 37 weeks, which she thought I was temporarily.
0: <laughs> how did... I, I kind of <laughs> missed how that... I mean, I was there, but I missed how that mix-up even happened. So what
1: happened is...
0: she's like had some they, wheel. They
1: decided... At some point, I think because we were at labor and delivery a few weeks ago for contractions, she's decided to check me every time I go in now. So she was like, well, as long as I'm checking you, I'm just going to go ahead and do the uh, strep B test, which I'm not going to talk about how it's done. I'll let anybody that's interested in knowing Google it. <laughs> and she does the test, and then she looks at the dates, And she measures my stomach to make sure, you know, I'm measuring where I'm supposed to be. And she goes, huh, I don't know why. The nurse had you at 37 weeks. And I'm like, nope, I'm not 37 weeks. She goes, you're actually measuring at 33 weeks in three days. And I said, that's how far along I am. She's like, yeah, it's too soon for this test. I'm going (laughs) to discard this and I'll do it again at 37 weeks.
0: It's an uncomfortable test that you just had done. It's like, oh, that was a waste of time.
1: (laughs) We got to do it again. (laughs) Look
0: forward to it. (laughs) <laughs> oh well. So we did we did try and ask her about the uh the great blue toilet seat mystery. <laughs> and and she just kind of laughed it off. It's like I've never heard of that. I don't know what that is. That's nothing. Don't worry about it. Well, she
1: didn't even really understand what we were saying for a while.
0: She, she... thought you were peeing blue. Or something <laughs> <with this. laughs> and even then like her theory for what that could be it was like that doesn't even make sense she's like do you ever use, you know if you use some of those uh i think she was talking about like jet blue or those 2000 <laughs> flushes she's like sometimes the chemistry could i'm like it's supposed to be blue when you're using one of those products i don't think that has anything to do with anything that's coming out of her what we're talking about is completely different from this the seat is blue man
1: her suggestion was i could see a dermatologist <laughs>
0: But I have a new plan.
1: I like this plan too. I have,
0: I have a new a new strategy. So, um, well, I even tried. So my my thing is, I need to know what this stuff is. I need to know. It's got to happen. So it it doesn't come off when you try and clean it very easily. But if you kind of rub your finger on it, there's like a little bluish white powder residue kind of thing. Really yeah so there's got to be some it's it's some kind of compound it's like a chemical something it's got chemical properties it has to so i'm thinking there's got to be some way that you can and unfortunately i never took chemistry so i don't know any of this stuff but there's got to be some way you can do some sort of test like dissolve it in water and baking soda or something and and if it's if it's you know acidic it turns it blue and if it's a base, it blows up your house. I don't know, whatever it is. There's got to be some <laughs> experiment that you can do to figure out what it is. And so I, I did a bunch of searches, and uh, Google just failed me completely. And maybe I'm losing my touch with Google. I used to be able to find anything on there, but uh, it, it had nothing. And so I, there's this new search engine thing that kind of people are buzzing about. It's Microsoft's new attempt. It's like their fifth attempt at a search engine. It's called Bing, and uh, and I tried it, and it was a little bit more useful. I still couldn't find it. Ex- because what I'm looking for is either like a kit you can order that's like have a weird substance in your house that you want to know what it is. Buy our kit and you know <laughs> put a sample in the the test tube and swirl it around and dip a little strip in it and it'll tell you exactly what it is. Or I want to be able to like have a little collection and evidence collection kit that i could send away you know like some lab somewhere that just sort of like uh pimping itself out as you know hey we got nothing better to do than figure out what weird stuff you've got floating around or something (laughs) and and have them send me back the results like you see in csi where they're like oh this you know the dirt from this guy's uh, boot tread had traces of you know some weird foreign pollen that only occurs in you know, outer Mongolia or something. Something like that is what I want. And I couldn't find anything along those lines. Um, I'm still trying to find something. If anybody knows anything about it, ironcast at ironsoap.org. I need to know. <laughs> but I do have a backup plan, even if that doesn't work. So I kind of loosely have a connection because I'm friends with a guy who's fairly close with a guy in a <laughs> police department who is who is an actual CSI he actually works in the crime lab but i'm thinking i could maybe call in a favor and see if i can get so, appeal to like the basic human curiosity of like you could be the first one to determine what it is that makes pregnant ladies legs turn toilet seats covers all you got to do is take this little <laughs> sample that i collected and tell me what the heck it is
1: you just want to be the hero of the Google world because I, then you'll be able to go to like every pregnancy forum and blog and be like, I have the
0: answer. I want to win myself an internet. That is exactly what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm determined. I, this will not, This will not stand, this mystery. I must know. Since then, it's been a book you read in reverse. Do you understand less as the pages turn, or a movie so crass and awkwardly cast that even I could be the star? I am big. It's the pictures that got small. you know, I knew I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. That's entertainment. So this week we got around to the, the next uh, movie on our Netflix queue that we had. This is the one after uh, Slumdog Millionaire. So it's been a few weeks that we've had this one sitting around, but what we got through it, it was uh, Pride and Glory, sort of a gritty cop drama Edward Norton vehicle thing. Uh, and it's pretty much about a a guy who's got the, uh, early in the movie. There's a, a shooting that involves these four policemen, and there's a family of cops. One of one of the brothers is the captain, I think, mm-hmm. for, for the the precinct that the four cops that were shot came from. And then his brother ends up heading the task force that's investigating the shooting and trying to figure out uh, what's going on.
1: And then also their brother-in-law, who's right. Colin Farrell, is he's, also in the same precinct.
0: Right. So he's he's I think he's he works with the the four four guys that died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then there's a whole bunch of questions about you know is are these people who's who's dirty who's clean how are they going to handle this how are they going to deal with the whole situation there's a similar circumstance that you find out happened prior to this that impacted Edward Norton's characters um, outlook on stuff. And there's a lot of family drama that goes on involved in all this too. Uh, Their dad is played by a John Voight. That's his name. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's kind of like a, a hardline guy and he's looking out for his kids, but he's also, you know, very, you know, we stand by, you know, we protect our own kind of police guy. And, uh, I never
1: did get what he did. Was he a cop at one point?
0: I think did he... he's, he's still a cop, but he's maybe like a a higher-up bureaucratic kind of guy. Like, he doesn't... I think he's even above the captain level. He's one of the the people at the the top of the the ladder who's got influence and stuff. I think he's still active, though. I don't know that he was retired, necessarily. Okay. Because he seemed very involved in a lot of the stuff that was going on, he was able to get Edward Norton's character the job as the task force leader, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't, I, either, either he was still still working, or he was so continually connected to them even in retirement that it was functionally like he still worked there. So, um,
1: it was a very violent
0: movie. Well, like I said, it was very, very gritty. So it had this sort of raw. I don't know. I, I think a lot of times movie makers think it's realistic when stuff is kind of grim and and harsh, but uh, I'm not sure exactly how true to life a lot of that stuff is. I think it's very dramatized. Um, but it, it it did get a little little tough to watch, in in parts.
1: Yeah, in fact, I even walked away from the movie and didn't finish it because there was a scene where one of the cops was threatening one of the thug associates by holding an iron right up next to his infant's face, and he was threatening to burn the baby. And I said, you have to pause it. (laughs) I'm not watching this anymore. Right. I can't watch it right now.
0: Well, and I wasn't I wasn't too sure about it from that point either. It was like, well, this could this could go to you know some pretty pretty rough territory. It actually seemed to kind of that was the 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 pinnacle of I, I think it was supposed to show how how far gone this particular cop was. Mm-hmm. And and a- after that point, I mean, it was still violent, but I I think it was less. Less the kind of shocking violence, than more of just your sort of standard, you know. Anytime you've got a bunch of cops and robbers running around with guns, people are going to get shot, and the little squibs will happen, and there. Yeah. But it it didn't. E- even toward the end, where there was a point where it could have been pretty brutal, they they handled it much more uh, tactfully, I guess, than that than the scene that basically checked you out of it. <laughs>
1: it was too much
0: Yeah, understandable
1: so did you end up liking how it ended or overall was the movie good
0: you know it was I think the the first thing that struck me about it that was kind of strange is Edward Norton is usually rock solid I mean you could basically rely on him being good in almost everything that he does and he it maybe it was just me, but it seemed like he kind of phoned this one in. Something about it didn't click with him or he was playing a character he's played way too many times or something, mm. but he was just sort of okay. Um, I actually thought that the uh, his, the guy that played his brother, who I've seen in a bunch of stuff, but I can't remember his name. Um, he's you know one of those character actor kind of guys. Um, I thought he did a better job. Um, but you know, for like a, a corruption cop sort of thing, like the departed was more of that sort of gritty, just oppressively grim. Like when this situation, when this kind of situation comes up, it's just completely messed up and there's really no winners in any of it. There's maybe the best you can hope for is like a little bit of justice. So I think it was more... The departed was more effective than this at getting that sense across. And so I think it failed on when it was trying to do that. And then the other thing it was trying to do was like, you know, show a lot of different characters and how they all interconnect and how all these lives were affected by a lot of the stuff that happened. But I think it failed because you compare it to something that does that so much better, like heat. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Heat is a much longer movie, so it has time to sort of get into some of these secondary characters a little bit more so you can understand why it matters, what the, the main events of the film do to their lives. Um, and maybe that was the problem is that it had it tried to pack way too many characters into a standard Hollywood length, you know, basically 120 minute movie. Um, yeah, you know, it ended and it was okay. Uh, I gave it three stars on Netflix, but it was which is out of five, right? Of, yeah, but it was kind of a mild three stars. Like I, I didn't I didn't dislike it, so it wasn't a two star movie. But I probably wouldn't re- really recommend it to anybody. So I don't know that it was that it was what I'd call good.
1: <laughs> you know, I don't even remember it being in the theaters.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it it probably came and went because it's one of those movies where, yeah, it got made. It, I guess it was okay, but it's not really anything that everybody was going to run out and tell their friends about. You have to see this movie or anything like that. So Yeah. So it was a little bit disappointing, I guess, but uh, I, we're going to switch it up next time. <laughs> so we've... Uh, it's two sort of drama, kind of depressing, intense, intense <laughs> movies in a row. So we're going we're gonna to completely shift gears. And I think we've got a Baby Mama coming next. So Yay. We'll lighten <laughs> it up for you a little bit. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> so, but fortunately, our TV watching has been a lot lighter than that. And uh, we, we watched the next episode of The Next Food Network Star.
1: And once again, they're just knocking them out just like I want them to.
0: <laughs> so, this week it was the other guy that came down to the two. You, you were happy to see either of them go. They got rid of one, and then this week they got rid of the other, right?
1: Mhm. I think he he did something stupid again this week, and they were just like, "We can't give you any more chances, dude. You're out."
0: <laughs> well, it wasn't quite as bad as like taking credit for something that.
1: No, that's true. Do but. At least he wasn't the one that knocked that one girl in the face with the hot pan.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because you see... I mean, we both worked in restaurants and, and they have the whole corner. You know, you yell when you're going around a corner and behind you so that everybody always knows that, you know, not to be whipping around and potentially hurting people or breaking stuff or dropping customers' food. And... You see it on these shows, especially the the timed ones, you mm-hmm. know, where they, where, where they have to share space. Uh, they do it in chopped all the time. They, I've seen it here and on like Food Network challenge and stuff, where they they do the the kitchen uh, calls. I guess it's, I don't know what else to call them. But this guy just didn't, or sh- the girl didn't. She do didn't it. do it. She absolutely failed to stay behind you. and so the guy was just taken. Some out of the oven, and it was one of those tall stacked ovens, so he was turning right around, and she's significantly shorter, and he popped her right in the cheek. It sounded bad. Yeah. I don't know if they punched up that sound effect a little bit to give it a little extra oomph, or if that was just the way it came through the microphone, but... I...
1: <laughs> it was a double whammy, too, because it was the force of a metal sheet pan hitting her in the cheek, and it was hot, so she got burned and bruised.
0: yeah and <laughs> it was just, it. I mean, it was pretty raw, it, and the funny thing was that it didn't show up right away, it was one of those deep bruises, so even, they had to go out and do a presentation afterward, and I'm sitting there looking the whole time, yeah. like, you know, her, why is your cheek not red, and then they come to the elimination part of it, which I, oh. I guess happens the next day, or maybe it's later that night or something, and you could tell she had a lot of makeup on and it was still It looked black bad. and blue at all messed up. But, uh, you know, and it, it messed them both up, right? Because the, the guy that hit her.
1: He felt so bad.
0: Yeah, he's not really concentrating on his food anymore. He's just kind of, you know, is there anything I can do? And, you know, of course, because it's dramatic, they're not going to stop the clock and send the paramedics <laughs> in unless she's actually in danger of any sort and you know so it's like well got to keep cooking or you can quit your choice Whatever's going to be both of you and they both she kind of sat there and iced it and he kind of sat there and fretted and I don't think either of them did particularly well on the challenge considering all that
1: the interesting thing is it almost seemed to me like it affected his concentration level more than hers I mean he stood there for almost a full minute just unsure what to do next with his food and he was almost done with his dish by the time the accident occurred. And he just couldn't even think to go forward with anything.
0: Yeah, I almost wonder in in cases like that, because, you know, reality shows, they have people fighting so much. If that's the, if when something like that happens, if that's the point where all the producers sort of lean forward when they're staring at the monitors, (laughs) they're like, scream at him, yell at him, hit him, throw something at him, do, you know? (laughs) Yeah. We need more ratings. Let's see you flip out now. That's your cue and I mean to her credit, you know, she she made sure the guy knew that she was okay. She she was ob- obviously hurt and upset by it, but she didn't blame the guy and you know, it was one of those things she kind of said, look, it I it really sucks that it happened cuz it hurts, but you know, it's not like I can I can really blame him.
1: I think that that is an example of one of the reasons why we like this particular reality show because other than like the one guy that actually got kicked off this week and the guy that got kicked off last week that were kind of jerks to the people on the show and they were the first ones in all the seasons that we watched where they were kind of jerks and looking out for themselves more than anybody else. This show seems to be different from others because they don't really fight and It's more that they're competing against themselves than the other contestants because they're constantly trying to be better each week to get this show.
0: Well, I mean, they've structured it in a way where they don't don't have them competing directly against each other all that much. There's a little bit of it, but they they certainly don't do the sort of thing where they do in some of the other ones like Survivor where, you know, they'll, they'll specifically find the two people who can't stand each other already and fabricate a way for them to have to do something together. Right. Know? So, you know, it's kind of like poking at the wombat and then opening the door <laughs> and just seeing what happens, you know. It's like, well, of course they're going to freak out. It seems like that they, they try and keep it a little bit less, you know, let's keep them at each other's throats all the time. But I still can't help but think that, you know, whenever something like this happens, th- there's got to be somebody sitting in a booth somewhere going, man, I hope she just swings at him, or something.
1: Oh, I'm sure there is.
0: But I think they, at least it feels like they want it to be natural, you know, like if people are fighting, they would be fighting in real life here rather than them sort of fabricating a, a reason yeah. for them to be at each other's throats.
1: Well, it even seems to me like the judges kind of frown upon any kind of dramatics or um, immaturity because they've questioned people's integrity before. They've Mm -hmm. kind of, I mean, Bobby Flay's gotten downright irritated that people are being petty and immature in his, you know, elimination room. Like, you guys are cooks. What are you doing? Yeah. I don't have time for this. I'm Bobby Flay.
0: Well, and I mean, the other part of it is that they're going for a job. So there I mean to a certain extent this is like a really protracted interview process. And there's some... the
1: people on the apprentice.
0: <laughs> but but that's a joke job, I mean please.
1: <laughs> True.
0: I mean, these people actually stand to gain something yeah. by by winning this competition and so, you know, they I think they they at least feel like th- or there's at least an understanding that professionalism is is going to matter in this case whereas you know i mean whatever mickey mouse tasks that the (laughs) apprentice winner ends up doing other than basically appearing in a couple of magazines probably or where are they now tv specials in the year 2025 i you know what i mean like they're basically they've already gotten what they came for out of just being on TV for a couple of months worth of episodes. That's what they really are there to do. Yeah. Not being eliminated each week in a lot of these other shows is just another week of exposure on TV. Versus in the the case of the, the Food Network thing, where if you get through it, then you actually get a TV show. So you really do get to keep being on TV, which is exactly what they want. Um,
1: and it seems like they really, if you do win and you do get a TV show, they really try hard to help you be successful at it, even if it's a horrible show.
0: Well, at least now that they've they've stopped having the audience vote, because I think that's what. I don't remember which season it was, but there was, so the I think we talked about it, it was the second one where that guy Fietti dude won, mm-hmm. and he was actually voted over by the by the the. The audience, over his runner-up, and then the the season after that was the one where the I think it was the the lady that was kind of into health food, if I remember right, and she went nowhere. And I think it was because at the network they felt like she shouldn't have been the one that won.
1: I th- you, we didn't vote last season.
0: No, that so
1: the network picked that guy.
0: That Aaron McGrady dude was picked by the network. Fail. <laughs> just because you liked Weeby.
1: Look, even if I didn't like that girl, this guy's... I've watched his show since he's had it on and it is the most boring show on the Food Network.
0: <laughs> That's saying something, <laughs> actually. <laughs> it is.
1: I would watch rather watch Rachel Ray's craziness over and over than this guy's show. He just puts me to sleep.
0: You could have used that in the uh the second trimester. Oh yeah. You were doing it When wrong. I couldn't
1: sleep. <laughs> I don't think that my problem was that I was having trouble falling asleep. It was the pain of it all.
0: Getting comfortable. Yeah. So I've been uh on a little bit more of a reading kick lately than I had been, I guess for some months leading up to that. I I think what really kicked me back into it was uh, a goodreads.com, which is kind of, I've always thought there should be a, a site that's similar to, uh, there's a lot of sites for movies and music and stuff where you can sort of rate them and list the stuff that you have and, uh, you know, talk with other people who have like-minded interests and, there never seemed to be a really good one for books, and it, and so somehow, other I found uh, Goodreads.com. I think I found it off of somebody I'm following on Twitter, and uh, and it, it's I don't I don't know why, but when I can track what I do, it encourages me to do it more. Is that weird?
1: No, not at all. It makes sense. I'm having a problem remembering to even log in to that site and update things.
0: Well, I think it's one of those things. Where, I mean, you, like you can track your progress in books. Like you can say, you know, oh, I've read X number of pages since the last time that I was here, and it'll actually say, you know, someone's, you know, you've, you've, you're 50% through the book now, and yesterday you were only 40% or something like that. Um, I'm not sure how you know sort of detailed you want to get with it or obsessive compulsive, but you know. Mostly, it's when you finish a book, you can go and say, okay, I finished this one. Here's a you know, quick review and my rating of it. And then you move it from your currently reading shelf, which is just another word that they have for tags, into your red shelf, and then move on to your next book. So um, I don't know that you need to be logging in all that often unless you're finishing books regularly, which it sounds like you haven't actually been finishing a lot of books lately.
1: No. and I mean, the the couple of books that I had... That I was really interested in were, I guess, autobiographies or memoirs. I'm not really sure which category they would fall into. And I checked them out from the library.
0: Oh, you didn't get a chance to finish them before they were due.
1: Yeah, and they were new releases, so it wasn't even a situation where I could renew it because they were already on hold for the next person.
0: Oh, they don't let you renew if somebody else wants it. No, you only have the first try. (laughs) Gotcha. So I've got a couple of books on my
1: Goodreads that, it says I'm currently reading that I've returned and I didn't even think about putting what page number I was on. So I'm going to have to start over.
0: Yeah, so, well, the book that I'm currently reading, uh, I actually, it was due as well. um, And it was overdue, so I owed money, which is another reason they won't let you renew it. Um, (laughs) But I'm reading Neither Here Nor There by Bill Bryson. I guess it's kind of a, a travel... It's not really a travel book. It's a travel memoir kind of thing. And uh, it was recommended to me by a friend, uh, Bill. And he he said that, I mean, he recommended it to me because he said that the author sounds like me. Um, I don't know that I necessarily see that. I mean, obviously, this guy is well-traveled and uh, funny. <laughs> so it doesn't sound that much like me. But um, I guess he's kind of sarcastic and uh, kind of, I don't know, he gets, he he waxes both really poetic about things, so he gets kind of uh, eloquent and, you know, deep every once in a while, but then he gets really kind of grouchy, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a couple pages later, so he'll be like, you know, talking at at length about, you know, the beauty of uh, you know a, a museum or something that he's visiting and then he'll go and walk along a canal somewhere and he'll be really impressed by the uh, the tranquility of some European location and then he'll get on a train and have a bad experience with a waiter and he'll get all grouchy and he'll grumble about it for a few pages <laughs> so uh, maybe there's some correlations or parallels there but uh, but yeah I actually had to do the same thing because the book that I had checked out from the the closer library was due, and so I went on Goodreads and popped my page number in there and then went and checked it out from the other library, which I don't know how the Pleasanton Library isn't affiliated with the Dublin Library, but somehow Dublin is part of the the county system and Pleasanton is its own beast. I guess they're too snooty in Pleasanton to be affiliated with the the scum from the rest of the county, but...
1: Yeah, don't lump Pleasanton in with like Vermont Hayward.
0: <laughs> it's so beneath them, but yeah. Anyway, it worked out for me because I was able to, to get another copy of the book and pick up right where I left off, and and I haven't finished it yet. It, you know, it's weird. I don't know if it's nonfiction books or if it's just. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I am i can not even describe what it is. But there are some books that I can sit down and once I get into them. I tear through them. I, I start reading faster. Uh, I, you know, the, the the pages just fly by. Time sort of disappears from me. Um, but even though I'm really enjoying this one, and there have been other nonfiction. I th- I think it's nonfiction. There have been other books that have been like it, where I'm really into them. I'm really uh, I look forward to reading them. But I'm always very aware of how much time I'm spending with them, and I can only get through maybe. Five pages at a stretch, so it's kind of slow going, which doesn't it sounds like the book reads slow, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, it's just there's just something about it that i I'm not able to tear through this book but but I am enjoying it, and I'll probably put a a full review over on Goodreads when I'm done with it.
1: Well, I don't know about you, but I get into phases i I guess where I'm totally into reading and I can read a book a week with no problem. And that's what I want to spend my time doing. And then there's other times where I'm just not really into it. And so I'll start a bunch of different books and never really finish them. And I don't know what it is, but I've kind of been out of a a reading phase for a while now. And I don't know if it's because my concentration level is a little bit lower than normal. So.
0: I mean, I guess I'm kind of the same way. Um, I don't I don't think that I ever get to the point where I don't have any interest in reading Um, it I'm always I'm always always in the middle of several books I don't think I've ever been done with all the books that I'm reading but there are times when I don't make as much progress on any of the books that I'm reading as others and that's that's kind of what I was saying, I guess, is that since I found Goodreads, I've been more interested in making progress on my stack than <laughs> I had been previously. Uh, I guess that's the only difference. But but yeah, it does kind of come and go. And, and maybe it has something to do with the amount of time that you have. Um,
1: you would think I have all this time on my hands that I would be reading a bunch of books, but...
0: Yeah, well... But okay. It's not like there's not books around here that I see you reading they just mostly seem to be pregnancy related
1: that's pretty much the uh genre i'm reading right now (laughs) which just makes it difficult for me to really you know review books for people because i don't know how many people really care which is the best pregnancy book to read although this is true i will say the best book by far that we purchased during this pregnancy was that baby bargains book
0: yeah that was pretty useful um I don't know that it's. I, I think we kind of used it as sort of the uh, the authority for everything. Um, I've looked around a little bit since online and stuff at some of the products that they rated really highly, and there it's not un uh, not a consensus necessarily with everything that they thought was really great. Um, but I, I think the thing that I liked most about it was that it it gave really rational explanations as to why it was rating things high or low, why it was recommending things or why it was warning people to stay away from other things, which a lot of these things, they're so opinion based, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's an okay product, but it's really terrible colors. It's like, I don't care. You know, I mean, is it going to collapse and flatten my baby like a pancake? That's the kind of information that (laughs) I'm looking for. And, uh, and this book was was pretty good about saying, you know, hey, this seems okay. It's got a decent price. Oh, that was a good thing. It, it kept price in mind. A lot of these online review sites that I found was like, oh, yeah, you know, here's the absolute best thing. It's $7,000 for a bib or whatever. And yeah, that doesn't really fly with me because there's no way I'm I'm going to be working in the high end of the <laughs> price spectrum in <laughs> a lot of the cases. <laughs> But I still, do want to work in the safe end of the spectrum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's still, I do think that even with the flaws that you described about the book is something I would recommend any new parent pick up, especially prior to registering for anything. And I would give yourself a few weeks prior to registering to go through that book.
0: Yeah. I think that was the other thing that we did was that we bought it um, as one of the last bits of the research thing that that we were undertaking for the registry, and it probably should be one of the first places that we went instead, and then uh, supplemented that research with other sources.
1: I don't think we were expecting it to have as much information as it did. I mean, at least I wasn't. I didn't expect it to.
0: Well, I hadn't even heard of it, so (laughs) I had no expectations.